On episode 16 of the EdTech Pod Squad, the squad records live from ISTE 2019 and discusses how you can activate change in your school. All right, who's ready for the EdTech Pod Squad Live Podcast? Woo! Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk share and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Noll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and JP Prezavento starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad, live at ISTE. Let's hear it. Uh, as you know, the EdTech Pod Squad are, are five Missouri Tech coaches who get together and talk about all sorts of cool professional stuff, uh, innovating and using technology in the classroom. Um, so, do, you, do we want to introduce ourselves uh, again? Just, why don't you just run down who all's here okay. for the folks who aren't live? So we're going to talk about uh, tech coaches with these people. Me, I'm Josh Howard. I work in the Fulton Public School District. We have J.P. Prezavento. Uh, Sam Hardesty Knoll, Jonathan Lee, and uh, Aaron Lawson. And if you want to contact them, we will have some information for you at the end of the podcast about how you can reach out to us. All right. Um, so let's talk. Uh, the first thing we want to talk today on this very special episode of the EdTech Pod Squad is just these, how we came together. So it actually started, ISTE is kind of the way that this group of people particularly joined forces. And it was... Uh, a little over a year ago, Jonathan brought us together to review some session proposals for ISTE last year in Chicago, and we did that by kind of video conferencing and chatting with each other, and we really enjoyed having those conversations because we all kind of work in a similar place, uh, similar area, doing similar jobs, but we don't always get a great chance to kind of network with folks or, you know, in my situation, I'm in a small rural school district, so I don't, I'm the only one. So it's nice to have access to these guys. And we really enjoyed those moments of, you know, just talking and kind of shooting the breeze about like what we do and having uh, people who understand the struggles and the successes and stuff like that. So as, I mean, more than anything, kind of an excuse just to keep having those conversations, we decided to start a monthly podcast. So, and so now we get together once a month uh, through video conferencing, we uh, get together, we set up a little agenda of the kind of content that we w- want to discuss with each other that day, and that becomes an episode of the podcast. Um, so we consider this show to be a little bit different than like your typical podcast because really it's it started out more about being for us. Like we like the conversation, we like to have the professional discussion. And quite honestly, I, when we started this podcast, it wasn't about building an audience. It was to give ourselves this avenue to continue these important conversations with each other. It just so happens a lot of other people who do what we do really like to be a part of that conversation as well. So we try to outreach and we come to conferences and we talk about what we do with it. But you can also go listen to the episodes that we record of it, which, which makes it really nice. And then uh, the other piece of what we like to do is... Uh, push to cover something just called featured content and what that means is we kind of uh, set up the outline of a show around one big topic that's maybe relevant to people who are in the mentoring professional development uh, tech coaching uh, area and something that will be relevant and help you help people who are doing that in their their daily job and so they can be part of that conversation by hearing us discuss it and 
we love it when people hear that and then reach back out to us and uh, continue that as you know kind of being part of the squad in their own right so do we want to move to we want to move to featured content Aaron are you uh, you want to you want to get us going on that yeah let's do it all right all right so we are going to be talking about uh, you know leadership in technology today on our pod, on our podcast so people who are listening to our podcast, I mean, whether you're from our home state of Missouri or all of our new connections right here in front of us um, from ISTE, you are obviously somebody, someone who wants to ignite change because, I mean, you're taking the steps to better yourselves. I mean, you're probably listening to podcasts, you're following and sharing on Twitter. You are here at ISTE right now. Those are all ways to ignite change. But what do you do if you are a lone wolf in your building and or district? Anybody anybody here feel like that sometimes, you know? Yeah, raise your hand if you're like one of those uh, feel like a lone, lone wolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Those listening, there are quite a few hands up. It's quite a few, quite, quite a few, few hands. <laughs> Hundreds, maybe thousands. <laughs> 10,000 people, 5,000 hands. At Got least 10,000 people in this room right now. The so, whole conference. I'm just curious then, how do you ignite change in a static environment? Um, so I'll, I'll start us off here. Uh, so the way that I feel is like it starts with your leadership. So if you don't have people in place who have a vision and, ha and want to change the way that things work, avoid the status quo, break the mold, break the wheel, whatever, whatever you know, euphemism or metaphor you want to call it. You have to have a visionary that's kind of in charge and willing to take a risk and do something differently. Um, and that person has to be a risk taker in their own right and the kind of person who can be an example for what they want to see in the people who are part of your learning organization or your school district or whatever, it, whatever that thing may be. So change is only going to happen if it starts from the top and it's valued by the people who are the big time decision makers. So I'm sure everybody in here, you look at whoever your boss is or whoever the person who is in charge of making sure you get everything done, if they don't check in with you, if they don't give you any feedback about what you're doing, if they don't kind of challenge you with new things that, that have, to get, have to be part of what uh, your, your area is, you won't ever innovate. You won't ever ignite any kind of change in the way that you operate in your career. So f investing in the leadership, making sure if you are one of those people who has risen to be a leader and you have that influence over the others in your organization, I do think it's kind of important that you wield that with a little bit of authority in taking risk, uh, valuing people who do things differently, not uh, you know, putting people over a barrel if they try something new and it doesn't go right. Like respecting and honoring people that challenge from from the top of our organizations. So I would kind of add on to that that um, not only does the leadership have to be behind it, but leadership themselves also kind of have to be a willing to support educators at different levels. Um, we know students; we have to meet students where they are. And your staff or your students of 25, 15, whatever, how many kids you have in your class? Maybe it's 120. Who knows? They're going to be in various levels, and as an educator, you have to meet them at those levels. And the leader has to do the same thing. Um, yeah, you can have a high expectation and say we're all going to get there, but we may get there at different times. And it's very important to help um, those who may be lacking in some of the skills not feel completely overwhelmed. So you know, I'm just going to give up. We know students that that, that feel that way. We try to we you know talk to them. We try to get them to to work hard, and they get frustrated and they shut down. Well, teachers work the same way. When we try something new and it's going too fast. And we get we don't know what we're doing. We get frustrated. We shut down. So the leader really kind of has to be able to support educators at different places 
and be able to create that environment that allows that to happen. Um, I also just kind of help spark that change. Is I like to be that beacon of an example, and now don't be afraid to kind of share what's happening. And um, I never would encourage to use students, and, but having other your peers see how much fun your students are having when you're in, you're innovating like you are. Um, invite the community in and make some of the other classes jealous will help kind of maybe spark a little bit of as well too. So Josh, I heard you mention kind of a key phrase that I want, I want to follow up with. You talked about change makers and that's kind of an important um, piece in our district. And so my question is that I have is like, as a leader, we all kind of consider ourselves leaders in our district. So how do we identify those change makers in the organization? How do we spot them and, and support them and nurture them? You know, one way that, that I make that work in, in a big district, being a singleton, is really by taking to social media, taking to Twitter, and see which teachers in the building, which staff members are doing these innovative, kind of forward-thinking projects, things like podcasting with their kids, or creating multimedia projects, making this authentic work that looks like real-world tasks. And I, go, I look on social media, because you know, I have 18 sites, so it's really hard to be in 18 places at once, but Twitter allows me to do that. So I attack those heat seekers, not literally not attack them, but um, <laughs> I go to those heat seekers and then I develop partnerships with them and try to really amplify their voice and be, give them an opportunity to share that with the district on a larger level, whether it's on the district podcast or being a guest blogger or just featuring them you know, on, our, on our social media channels to really um, pick them up and give them an opportunity to showcase their change for that larger audience that they might not have. And so as that leader, I think, I mean, I don't have 18 buildings. I have a few more than that. But regardless of if you have 18, 1, or 100, um, just getting into as many classrooms as you can and observing. And not only just observing, but also sharing what you are observing. Using those powers of social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, uh, whether it's in a monthly newsletter, weekly newsletter, whatever, sharing that to ignite, not go beyond the classroom. Um, don't be afraid to kind of share what's happening within the schools so that way um, – it kind of helps grow things uh, organically kind of thing like that. So we've talked about how you control Twitter to find information like JP has said. You can complete observations, you can talk about stuff like that. But I do think that there's a little difference between being change maker and being a tech leader. Um, I think that a person can be a change maker but lack some of the skills of leadership. So my question then would be um, how <coughs> do you identify the change makers and how do you help them grow as tech leaders? Oh, you do a good job in the Orchard Farm District of Adair. So we have, thank you. So we have a, a district technology committee in Orchard Farm. Now I'm, I'm sure many of you have committees as well, all of our listeners. Yep, you know committees, right? And at first our committee was just that. We met once a month. Uh, we would show up, we'd talk about some tech things going on in our buildings, um, might have a couple tech complaints. We kind of talk about it a little bit, and then we go back to our buildings, and uh, we maybe at a staff meeting or something, we would stand up and kind of give like a five-minute spiel of some technology stuff or something. And that's just kind of how it was going along. And we started kind of realizing, I started realizing as well, that we had some really, we have some great people on our committee that could do just so much more than just the back and forth, just stand up and talk about something for five minutes at a staff meeting. They could do more than that. And so we really started working on becoming tech leaders in our district committee. The first thing that we did, we took the Strengths Finder test. 
um, that from Gallup, it was awesome, and we all could tell like what our strengths were and what we really brought to the team. And after that, we started working on goals, and we actually wrote them down and shared them with each other. Goals for ourselves as technology leaders, goals for our building, for our colleagues, and goals for our district. And once we wrote those goals down uh, for the school year, for six months, a year, five years, we really tried to really shoot for the stars. When we wrote those goals down, we, we started to see that we really could accomplish started some of these things. And the biggest part of our technology committee, the growth of our people in our committee, was their presentation skills. At, you know, a lot of them had not even presented um, in front of their own peers before, nonetheless a conference. And so we started uh, studying different ways um, to create a presentation. What does a good presentation look like? Things like that. And one of the requirements of our committee was to actually present at a conference. They had to submit a proposal. And now, trust me, they all freaked out. <laughs> they were very scared that they had to submit a proposal. But three years later, um, it's just been, it's been amazing to see the growth of the people in our committee. And now, actually, the new requirement, I was telling JP this just earlier today, the newest requirement, uh, they, they still have to submit a proposal for a conference. And, but they can now uh, look at their building and are there any teachers in their building that are doing some really amazing things, help those people submit proposals as well, or bring them along and present together as a team at first just to, I don't know, spread the love of, of proposals and conferences and basically kind of that, you know, give everybody that bite, like what's it feel like to do that? So it's been awesome so far. Cool. We have, um, in my school district, we're, we're fortunate enough that um, I have, I work with two other tech coaches um, and our direct boss was the original tech coach for our district. So he's still involved with us and, and they are phenomenal tech leaders. Um, so that's always great to surround myself with that. We also, during the summer, that's kind of our big go time in our district. And so as a tech team, we provide over 20 days of professional development for our teachers. Um, and our teachers come in and they have the ability to uh, earn credit through a local university for that time with us during the summer. And what I love though is in the summer when we're working, we'll see the same people all summer. Like we have teachers that are trying to get their plus 30 hours and we spend the entire summer together. And you get to know those folks really well um, when you're spending day in and day out doing every single kind of technology training. And I love those people because I know that they're just trying to better themselves and we all get that plus 30 is great. But who I really love is I love finding those teachers that are taking time out of their summer to come in and learn with us for the sake of learning. And those are the teachers that I like to really focus on and know that they're in my building so that through the school year, those are the, my go-to teachers. Those are the teachers that I'm going to go to and say, hey, let's try out this um, new app Wakelet and see, see what we can do with that in the classroom. And they're the ones that will just run with us. So it's great to be able to just sit back. I mean, there's a lot of things. We work really hard to make sure that we're learning for everybody and that we're kind of on that cutting edge of things. But we want to step back and really let our teachers shine and see that. And I think JP mentioned it a little bit. It's just being able to be a support for them and let them continue to grow their craft as an educator is very important in building them up as a leader. Um, we also have several cohorts throughout the year 
where we work with small groups of teachers and go through like Google level educator one or level two, we have a level three, we're starting an Apple teacher program and those small cohorts actually help us break down our huge district into workable chunks of teachers that we can help grow and help you know continue doing phenomenal things with instructional technology. Awesome. Those are, so those are some really great ideas for identifying and cultivating those leaders. Um, I you know that idea of um, that district tech committee and building capacity for leadership. It really goes along with that conference theme, right? Of um, igniting change. Th those are all great things to think about. But what I'm really wondering right now is how do we get our building leaders and our classroom leaders to invest in that same change that the folks who are in this room probably see and that, um, oh, well, we know that our discussion points are up there. Yeah. Um, the, we know the, <laughs> to invest in that same change that we see uh, when we're doing that work. So the, what I'd say about that is like you have to, we all, like maybe you've had a leader in your organization or whatever who was kind of that like mandate leader like I'm not gonna understand I'm not gonna work from a place of empathy or understanding I'm just going to literally tell you what you need to do all the time and I'm not going to take like no for an answer like I you know you got your principal goes to a conference and they're doing Kahoot so instead of coming back and being like hey I saw this cool tool I'm interested in you trying it it sends an email out and says hey everybody use a Kahoot in your classroom this week like just do it because I said so and you have to like that's not you don't develop leaders by investing in them that way you have to listen to those people it has to be conver a conversation and you have to kind of understand people where they're coming from if they if they ha if they have hesitations about uh, how they feel about the, the direction of the organization if they feel like uh, they're not comfortable taking risks if they think that there is a danger in trying to do something differently those people will never rise to a leadership position because uh, leaders act boldly and they do things a little bit differently and that is never an easy thing to come to without feeling like you have trust from the top of your organization so you can you cannot spur any kind of growth in the leader leadership in your district or if you want people to grow into those positions if you don't listen to them understand their hesitations and then start trusting them a little bit and just acting as more of a mentor or a coach in your relationship with those people rather than that mandating uh, authoritarian kind of dictator of the school like that's you're not ever going to create leader leaders in that way and Josh, I think it's uh, important to know too that you know we always have to make sure that those leaders are aware of what other forward-thinking, innovative districts are doing. I mean, by visiting other districts, it's so important. I mean, even for you all here at ISTE, you know, going and, and making those connections, going to those districts if they're around you locally, go visit people, go see what other people are doing. And that's why we even, the five of us, are constantly visiting each other and seeing what cool things that we're doing in our districts as well. And uh, so bring those leaders along. Bring, your, bring an administrator. Bring a board member to go see all of those different um, cool things that are happening in other districts as well. And I mean, and honestly too, I mean, I love bringing outside visitors into the district to present as well so that way they aren't just listening to me uh, talk about something as a tech coach, they get to meet other people from other districts, other tech coaches, and uh, listen to their leadership and what they have to say as well. So I'm, I'm just thinking in relation to like the roles that we play, I, we, I think we'd all consider ourselves a, a person of uh, leadership, a person who acts boldly and tries things differently, takes risks. Um, but 
what happens sometimes is that you get pockets of people who act boldly and take risks and want to assume those leadership things. So how do you guys up on the panel, what do you kind of suggest to scale up that kind of <clears throat> attitude in upcoming leaders in your school district, the other people who are in your organization? So I really think it's all about amplifying those pockets of greatness, right? So find that teacher, find that voice who's doing something awesome and shout them from the rooftops. Like this whole you know podcast that we're doing, and we've kind of strayed at the beginning a little bit from talking about podcasting, which we're going to jump into here uh, in just a second. But this kind of idea, give, the, give teachers that platform, amplify that greatness, and make sure that they, you know, that everyone knows um, what they're doing and how great it is and that you know that's one way to kind of lift them up and flatten the walls and, and it's okay if your innovation is just in a pocket if you're in a huge school district and you only have a group of 20 teachers who are doing something that's okay to celebrate just that pocket and know that you're not going to turn an entire ship very easily when you're in those large spaces um, and you know we just try to think of like I want to protect that, that group of people that is really um, being bold and activating change in our district. Well, uh, I think we've had a great conversation up here today. I think uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for the podcast part, and then we are going to talk a little bit more about podcasting with those in the room. But for those of you who are listening, just want to say thank you. Uh, please check out our website, edtechpodsquad.com. Um, throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just kind of tell us how you feel, and uh, we'll see you next This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We will see you next month for sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and J.P. Presavento. 